0: Welcome to the Positive Spiritual Living Podcast, brought to you by Unity on the Bay. This is your positive path for spiritual living.
1: She does know how to do it, doesn't she? Envy. Yes, and be here uh, Friday evening. She's going to be one of our guest uh, performers for a wonderful evening of music. First time in about four years that the Unity on the Bay Music Ministry has had a full evening concert. So get your tickets today and show up here Friday night. We're going to have a wonderful evening. Um, There's such a beautiful song about such a beautiful subject, Unconditional Love. I remember when I didn't know that there was such a thing as unconditional love. You remember that? I just figured all love had like some kind of uh, attachment to it or expectation to it, and that if you loved somebody, it was good to let them know what your expectations were so that they could clearly achieve those expectations for you on your behalf. Now I realize it doesn't quite work that way, but I do want to acknowledge this morning that there are two individuals um, here that I love unconditionally. I promise I'll get this over with and then I'll (laughs) I'll be fine. But um, one of them is my mother who has successfully recuperated from her hip surgery. And it's great to see you here, mama. This is my hall of champions right here because right next to her, you know, it was just a couple of months ago that I was standing before you asking for your prayers because my best friend on the planet ever in all of my existence was having two brain surgeries and wasn't certain whether or not he was going to survive. Well, sitting right next to her is him. So welcome back to Unity on the Bay, Kevin. Okay, God is good, all and all the time, amen, you got it. Woo. So it's a special morning for me, but you know, really, every morning is a special morning, isn't it? When you're on this journey, it's just not always easy, and there are those moments when you wonder if you can go on, but wow, it's, it's so worth whatever it takes to bring us to the place of freedom and the place of spiritual liberation that we are achieving together. We're continuing our journey through the pages of this book, The Five Principles, by Reverend Ellen Devonport, Unity Minister. And we are discovering together, once again, the five essential principles that make up the Unity way of life. And we are learning how to understand them better ourselves and communicate them as well to family and to friends, to other people when they say that all-important question what is unity and you sit there scratching your head for a moment then you say well here's five basic principles this morning's principle is prayer and I want to share with you these words from Reverend Ellen's book prayer is not to solicit God but to solidify us it is to refresh and realign our minds and hearts with the divine it is to affirm the absolute good of the universe it is to move from ego to soul, to contact the Christ of our being. Would you not beg God for favors, but call forth that which is already ours, the abundance of a universe built on love, seated with intelligence, and responsive to our every thought. Prayer brings about miracles because we are expressions, miraculous expressions of the infinite, of the divine. Now that's a lovely definition of prayer, don't you agree? Ah yes, to know, to recall the spiritual reality of ourselves and all of life. But of course, we're not always dwelling there. Yesterday, I was with somebody who was talking to me about how disappointed they were that Matthew didn't make it uh, into the Miami area any better than he did. Because he said, well, I just moved here and I was really looking forward to the experience. (laughs) Now I responded by saying, there are entertaining hurricanes. And then there are not-so-entertaining hurricanes. Now, I had two very entertaining hurricanes when I first arrived in South Florida. This was 11 years ago, and some of you remember, 11 or 12 years ago. They came together, Gene and Francis. Remember Gene and Francis? Okay, these were Category 2 hurricanes. They were wonderful hurricanes to get broken in on because they were thrilling and they were chilling, but I didn't fear for my life. I felt safe and I felt like everything was gonna be okay and I knew it, so I could be to some degree poised and relaxed as these occurrences were taking place. I understand, you want an entertaining hurricane, go for a tropical storm or a Category 1, maybe a Category 2. <laughs> All right, now shortly thereafter, Jean and Francis were followed by the God-formidable Wilma. Now, Wilma, we were told, if you recall, was going to be a light little tropical storm that was gonna kind of dance across the Florida Peninsula, (laughs) arrive over here on the other side and do little to no damage because there wasn't any warm water for it to suck up. And I wondered, who said that exactly? Because the Everglades are full of warm water to suck up, and that's exactly what Wilma did, turning herself into the most frightful experience, or certainly one of the most frightful experiences that I, yours truly, have ever had. In this case, I was not being entertained by the hurricane. I was fearful. I was being scared out of my mind by this hurricane, and I wound up literally on my knees in my living room saying, Dear God, if you get me through this hurricane, I promise I will leave South Florida tomorrow. (laughs) I'm not kidding. That's where I was. That's what I call the prayer of despair. And you're not in some airy, fairy land going, Oh, the one presence and the one power of God is all there is. You're fearing for your life. So you let that kind of a prayer out. Dear God, just get me through this experience. We've all been there, and we might be there again. I hope not, but it's likely as long as we're hanging out on the planet the way we are. So that was my prayer for despair. Born out of the situation of a hurricane so many years ago. I'm so grateful I didn't have to utter that prayer again. Now, there's another kind of prayer that, to me, is so appropriate given the um, excitement of the current political climate and environment. (laughs) Is that the right way to put it? I'm trying to find the right words. Some of us may be looking out at this experience that we are having (laughs) that we typically refer to as a presidential election. And perhaps we are fearing for our political system and or some of its components. Perhaps we're feeling as though the day has finally arrived where something has broken down and definitely needs to be fixed or repaired. That's when we go to the prayer for repair and we've all been there. Please, dear God, repair this presidential election. If it is repairable, please repair it. Now that's without any commentary on one side or the other, I'm just saying it's really gotten out of control. And I think humanity's most uh, prominent um, indications of insanity are knitted throughout the entire experience that we're having. So you might be saying, dear God, help this situation, pray for our country because it appears to be broken. That's called the prayer for repair, okay? You can use that on governments, you can use it on institutions and organizations, you can especially use it on other people. Will God bless their miserable soul, please repair them (laughs) as soon as possible. So we've all been there, right? We've had, all right, prayers of despair and prayers of repair. But this kind of prayer that we're discussing this morning is a different kind of prayer of which we speak. It's a different nature of prayer, different understanding for many of us, a new understanding. Before we get into it, I remind you that this six-week adventure that we're enjoying together is designed to do two things. Number one, to help you better understand the essential unity teachings, and number two, to help you communicate them when you're called upon to do so. So let's have a little exercise here right now. I'm going to invite you to find someone nearby where you are, preferably somebody that you don't know, but if... If that's the case, so be it. Find somebody that you can share the story with. And the story I want you to share is how unity has impacted your life. Are you ready for that? So you take a little time and share with someone else and then let them tell you how unity has impacted their life. Are you ready? Any questions? Let's do it. Find somebody you can talk to. And if you've not already done so, please take a moment to allow your partner to share with you. All righty, so let me ask you, um, how comfortable do you feel talking about unity to other people? Within these walls, it's okay? All right, and when you go outside? Now, have you ever just spent like 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes trying to explain the unity way of life to somebody, and they just look at you and go, huh? Uh -huh. (laughs) Well, we only believe in one presence and one power. It's God that's good, and you're a part of it. Huh? It can take a little bit to get through to explain, and that's why these five principles are so important, because they begin with the one essential principle. And I've told you before, you can wrap everything that's unity around this single principle, and you have it all, and that is this. There's only one presence, there's only one power. It's God, and it's good. We do not believe in duality. We do not believe in evil. We do not believe in forces at work against, ultimately, the situation that we're involved in now that's difficult for a lot of people to understand one presence one power it's God it's good how do you explain then what happens on the human scene we explain what happens on the human scene by recognizing it to be just that the human scene not the same as not to be confused with divine reality all right When we speak that statement, one presence and one power, we are referring to the ultimate transcendent reality, the divine reality, the kingdom of God, which is always in our midst. Now, what happens is we go over here and we dance on the stage of human experience And it seems nothing like divine reality. That is because we have allowed certain thoughts, certain ideas, true or false, to permeate our conscious awareness and filter away the presence of God before us, seeing all manner of duality and evil in our midst. And this is something that we have done through our investment in our consciousness. It is something we can undo through divesting ourselves of these things that are not true. So the first principle is there's one presence, there's one power, that's it. Second principle is born naturally out of the first. If there's only one presence, then there's only one power, then you and I must be a part of it. If that's all there is, we have no choice. We are individualized expressions of the one presence and the one power of God. Now we go to the next principle, which Elizabeth shared with us last week, and that is the understanding that our thoughts, as well as our feelings, as well as our conceptualizations, create our experience of reality. And there's an important distinction I make there. Your thoughts do not create reality. Reality is right here. It's the one presence and the one power of God. Nothing can change that but your thoughts that you hold in your consciousness, your beliefs, can impact your experience of this one reality. They can impact your experience of the one presence and the one power that is God. So it's very important that we become aware of the power that we hold in terms of that which we are possessing within our consciousness, that we learn to to evaluate the thoughts, the feelings, and the beliefs. To determine their alignment with ultimate reality, with divine reality, and then begin picking and choosing that which we're holding in our consciousness, recognizing that it's creating the filter that results in our day-to-day human experience. You want your day-to-day human experience to get better? All right, what do you do? You work on your consciousness. You don't go out here and work on the human experience. That will come as you are guided, but you begin in the most important place you can begin with your own consciousness. You begin the cleansing of your own consciousness so that it contains, so that it holds only that which is in alignment with divine reality. And you'll begin to see then that as you saturate yourself in preoccupation with divine reality and loosen up on the fixation you have with the human experience, your human experience will begin ultimately to reflect more and more the divine reality of one presence and one power. So now once we get this down, that we're dealing with the power of thought and the power of our thought to image our human experience, to translate it, to create it, if you will, We want then to recognize the highest form of thought that we possibly can recognize. And in unity, we call that the creative process, the creative thought that is prayer. And that's the principle that we're looking at this morning. Fourth principle, the power of prayer. The recognition that by turning within... In other words, releasing the compelling reports of the world of time and space as given to us by our five senses, we go into this inner chamber, into this place of prayer, and we really begin to focus our attention on the ultimate reality of life instead of the human experience. And this is the greatest teaching in the unity work, my friends. You are not required to have an intermediary between yourself and God. You have the ability to experience direct communion with the presence and the power of God right here and right now. All you have to do is still your mind, quiet your inner realm, and move into that experience wherein you don't really even ultimately think about the goodness of God. You know it. You feel it. It becomes as true and real to you as your human experience has been heretofore. Now, in the unity movement we have always had prayer as our core practice and it is a practice the more that you practice going into this still quiet space the more you allow the consciousness of the divine to translate into your everyday human experience what you'll discover is that this is the key to all spiritual growth and it's been the key it's been the heart it's been the soul it's been the meat of the Unity Movement for 125-plus years, this understanding that you have the ability to experience direct communion with the power of God that is within you. You don't need anybody to serve in that capacity. Therefore, everything you need, all the guidance, all the resources, everything you need is available to you directly from the benevolence that created you, and you discover this through the power of prayer. That's exactly what happened to the co-founder of the unity movement, Myrtle Fillmore, who had been diagnosed with terminal tuberculosis. She began this experience of quieting her mind, going into the silent recesses of her soul and accessing a deeper awareness of spiritual healing, understanding of spiritual healing that actually began to impact her consciousness and then shift her day-to-day human experience, resulting in her complete healing from the tuberculosis and her freedom from that diagnosis that she was going to die. That was and continues to be at the heart of the Unity Movement. Unity began as a prayer movement so many years ago, and we continue as a prayer movement today. You may not realize that unity is home to one of the largest prayer ministries on the face of this planet. It's called Silent Unity. And did you know that any time, day or night, 24 hours a day, you can call and reach a real human being on the other end of the line who will pray for you. All you have to do is press in 1-800-NOW-PRAY. And what you'll get is somebody who will pray with you Affirmative affirmatively. What that means is they won't be begging. They won't be putting out a prayer of despair or a prayer for repair. They will instead be affirming what is already your spiritual reality in this realm of the divine ultimate reality. They'll be saying, you already have what you need. You have the mind of Christ. You have every necessary resource. You have all that you need within you. That's affirmative prayer. It's not beseeching anybody for anything. It is instead you standing up before God and saying, I know who I am. I know that I am created in the image and the likeness of the greatest, most beautiful and um, astounding force that could possibly be, and that's who I'm going to express as in my life experience. That's the power of prayer. Myrtle Fillmore put these words together to describe what was her experience when she was in these still small moments of her soul, and it reads like this, a period of quiet and rest each day is your opportunity to establish yourself at the center of your being, The one place where the supply of life and substance is inexhaustible. Each day you should have a period of stillness when the soul may gather sustaining power and restoring life. So I get it. There may be those moments when you're down on your knees saying, dear God, get me out of here. There will be those moments when you'll be in other postures saying, dear God, please fix this miserable, broken person. What I'm talking about is that every day you have these moments where, like Myrtle, you go within. You retreat from the busyness and the chaos of, and the insanity, quite frankly, of the world of time and space, and you get still and you get quiet. And you say to yourself, I am here as an act of pilgrimage. Prayer, my friends, ultimately is a pilgrimage. Prayer, the practice of prayer, is a journey homeward bound from this frightening human experience to this ultimate divine reality. Every time you're here in this space, every time you take a breath and allow your attention to settle in from your head into your heart, every time that you remember who you are, made in the image and the likeness of God, every time you turn away from the compelling world of reports of five senses telling you that you are on the brink of disintegration, in that moment you turn within. Again and again and again, as many times as it takes. And you allow your consciousness to become completely and totally saturated. Every space within you, saturated. With this deep and abiding awareness that there is only one presence, there's only one power, you are a part of it. As that saturates, permeates your being, the consciousness, the translator of your daily experience over here is going to start to get the message. Ah, I am not the victim of two powers. I am not the victim of low self-esteem. I am not the victim of unworthiness or undeservedness. I am God's perfect child, regardless of what the world has told me. I am capable. I am competent. And I am going to allow this to become so rooted in my consciousness that my day-to-day experience reflects it. All of a sudden, my friends, your enemies will dissipate. The idea of there being two powers, you will begin to see that that evil, awful power you were trying to avoid was actually the presence and the power of God in clever, perhaps, but nonetheless disguise. 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 God is there. Whatever you're going through in your life right now, remember this, my friends. One presence, one power. You remain determined to spend your sacred moments in the conscious awareness of the presence and power of God through the activity of prayer and watch it begin to show up more and more. Keep your eyes open. You'll begin to see that your reality is always a direct reflection of what you are holding in your consciousness. Today would be an excellent day to let go of everything that you don't need anymore, which would include every false, every erroneous, every evil idea you've ever held about yourself or another person, and declare instead, there's only one presence, there's only one power, it is God, and it is good. God bless you.
0: So before our ushers come forward, wanted to just once again remind you that I'm very, very excited. <laughs> and you probably remember just how excited I was last Sunday when we kicked off our program the Abundance Experiment, and it's carried over because as soon as um, a few of us here in this room gathered and we signed up for the program, we started seeing it at work. And so you may remember the Abundance Experiment is basically a three-month program we're inviting you to be a part of. This three-month program is all about creating the space where we put God first in our lives to recognize that God is the source of all for us. And so what we do in the program is that we commit from the um, component of our finances by tithing to unity on the bay as an expression of that god of that spirit but what happens is that as we become much more faithful and deepen our experience of faith in our finances we start seeing how they have ripple effects into all areas of our lives our relationships our wealth our health The ways in which we um, spend time at work, the way in which we get to play and have our fun times with the things that we're passionate about. And so we're inviting you to be a part of this program. We're very excited about it. I'm actually extremely excited about the fact that um, for this program, we've added a lot of prayer components. So as Reverend Chris talked about, those prayers of being in awareness and awareness that God is our source. And so if you sign up for the program, we support you through those three months. We have um, Reverend Chris, Reverend Elizabeth, my and anybody that's at unity on the bay monday through thursday at noon we go into prayer time and we hold you in our hearts and in our minds and your prosperity and your abundance in our Um, In our prayer time. We also are having once a month prayer circles here after the Sunday service so that we can all gather and support each other in becoming aware of all the good that is in our lives. So this is the last Sunday in which you have the opportunity to sign up for this really amazing program. Uh, We'd love to support you in experiencing all the benefits that come from saying yes to more abundance and more meaning in your life. Um, And if you're already tithing, by the way, um, you can... um, sign up for the program anyways because we want to just continue to support you so that you can deepen the ways in which tithing and which putting God first uh, has a deeper meaning in your life. Um, I'm going to be in the uh, foyer also after the service if you have any questions about the program itself or you just want to turn in one of your cards. With that, our ushers are coming forward and I'm going to invite you as they're coming forward to maybe grab that abundance experiment card and just bring it to your heart and see if it's within your heart to go a little deeper into this experience. Also, maybe I invite you to bring to your heart your love offering envelope. Just take a deep breath and infuse it with that awareness that this is an expression of who we are, children of God, and that we are gifting it and we are sharing it with the world. And So let us speak our love offering blessing together divine love, through me, blesses and multiplies all that I am, all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Positive Spiritual Living Podcast, brought to you by Unity on the Bay, a spiritual community located in Miami, Florida. Unity on the Bay is supported by the generosity of its community. If you'd like to make a donation or learn more about Unity on the Bay, please visit unityonthebay.org. You can also follow Unity on the Bay on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for even more positive spiritual inspiration. Until next time, thanks for listening and many blessings. Namaste.